this week on the mic drop. Emmett Smith tells us what the Cowboys' priorities should be this offseason. He talks about the evolution of the running back position and takes us inside his new role as a NASCAR team owner. But first, Texas Motor Speedway General Manager Rob Ramage stops by to preview the upcoming IndyCar Series race, which will feature seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champ and IndyCar newcomer Jimmy Johnson racing on an oval for the first time. We also talk about the upward trajectory of NASCAR and the drive for diversity in auto racing. Then we hear from Ben Swanger of D Magazine about the sports business landscape in DFW. You know WrestleMania is coming, but you probably didn't know that Jugs machines are made here. So let's drop the mic and let's go. Welcome to the Mic Drop, everybody, the official podcast of the Dallas Sports Commission. Kevin Sullivan here, joined by Sports Commission Executive Director Monica Paul. Next level, Marcus Card not with us this week. He's on official Mic Drop assignment at a WWE event in anticipation of the upcoming two-night WrestleMania at AT&T Stadium, uh, first weekend in April. So get ready for that. Thanks for listening and subscribing, Monica. We have arrived at episode 52 somehow. So our, our number 52 honoree for this week has got to be former Cowboys linebacker Dexter Coakley. Amazing durability. He started 127 out of 128 games for the Cowboys from 97 to 2004. Made three Pro Bowls. Had a club record string of seven consecutive seasons with 100 or more tackles. Tied with Dennis Thurman for the all-time club record with five defensive touchdowns. Fourth leading all-time tackler in franchise history. Member of the College Football Hall of Fame from App State. I did, I did not know that. First Appalachian State player to make the College Football Hall of Fame. Today, he is an assistant football coach and head softball coach at the Oak Ridge School in Arlington. So go Owls and in honor of Episode 52, we are thinking about and highlighting former Cowboys number 52, linebacker Dexter Coakley. Monica, you know, we've seen a number of, of ex-players. You know, we know how the ex-former uh, star athletes of Dallas-Fort Worth go into business. But Jason Witten recently uh, announced that he's going to coach high school. We've got Dexter Coakley. There's, there are others. Could you imagine teaching or coaching uh, at high school? Uh, no, uh, you know, I can, I can barely do the uh, teaching on the college level, but what a, a great opportunity for, for kids in high school growing up to learn from these, you know, these stars, these, these professional athletes. I mean, uh, I think that's pretty special in itself. So, uh, a lot of kids have a lot of great opportunities there. Yeah. Pretty cool. So what's happening at the uh, sports commission? I know there's always a lot of activity there. Well, Sully, you mentioned it earlier, big week uh, this week. Uh, we've got our WWE 30-day-out uh, celebration, actually, today, uh, where we're going to be unveiling an, a huge mural on the side of a building in Trinity Groves, uh, a big media event that we'll be hosting. Uh, Mayor Johnson will be out there, Cowboys players, Micah, Micah Parsons, Drew Pearson's going to be out there, WWE superstars. 
really a celebration of, you know, you, two nights at AT&T Stadium on April 2nd and 3rd, combined with uh, Access Superstore at the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center, the the uh, SmackDown and um, uh, Raw and Hall of Fame events uh, over at the American Airlines Center. So we're approaching here 30 days out of uh, WrestleMania, and uh, that's a full week of celebration. Uh, we'll get into here over these next few weeks some of the community initiatives that they've uh, they're going to be doing here in market. Actually, some are happening this week as well. Uh, actually, over the past few months, uh, all, leading all the way up to WrestleMania, which is I think one of the things that uh, WrestleMania does just so right. And some of our other organizations and clients clients can learn a lot in terms of their impact on the community, and they really get in and dig uh, deep. So exciting that uh wrestlemania is uh, right around the corner um let's see we've got athletes unlimited moving in right now so our volleyball athletes are prepared to start their second season so they're here in market uh, starting this week starting to practice uh, with uh, competitions starting their league starting in two weeks here and uh, a lot of bid season it seems like we're in at the sports commission uh, a lot of big bids coming up uh, with uh, um uh, decision dates later on in the year, some some all the way to November, December, but uh, it really will put us on track for basically 2023 to 2031. Uh, we have some great opportunities there. And uh, uh, funny thing, Sully, I, I've heard a lot this week from people of cheerleaders, anyone? Uh, if anyone was downtown uh, here in, in Dallas over this past weekend, I know we talked about it on the previous show, uh, and I think had Justin Carrier from NCA on a few weeks ago, uh, but I, the cheerleaders definitely took over Dallas, even with some of our weather challenges. I think they, they jumped in their, their cars and buses and vans and made it down here if they were impacted by their flights. So uh, a great economic story, uh, economic impact story for, for Dallas in that cheerleading event that's so important for us. And I keep talking about weather. The weather in Dallas is always fine. It's just, just fine. Uh, funny thing about the national cheerleaders competition i was in an uber the other day uh and my uber driver had had volunteered how busy he was all weekend because of the cheerleaders and he and we got to tell this to justin carrier he said it was the most polite group from a big you know convention or gathering that he had ever seen it was it was thank you sir for the ride and so so let's hear it for the uh for the cheerleader athletes for for not only competing hard uh, and enjoying their time in Dallas, for, but for being very polite while they were in town. So lots of good stuff happening. Back in a moment to talk with Rob Ramage of Texas Motor Speedway, Emmett Smith, and much more. But first, over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. Dallas is known for its big wins when it comes to sporting events. Whether it be Final Fours, Winter Classics, Pro Drafts, or even international soccer matches, Dallas sets the standard. And now it's time for our biggest win yet. We want the 2026 World Cup. The Dallas Sports Commission is working hard to bring the World Cup back to our great city, and we need your help. Head over to DallasWorldCup2026.com to sign the pledge to bring it back. Be sure to follow us on all social media at World Cup Dallas to stay up to date on all things 2026 World Cup. Thanks, Rachel. And now we are pleased to welcome to the mic drop Rob Ramage. He is the Senior Vice President and General Manager at Texas Motor Speedway, was named to that post last August after working for Speedway Motorsports and TMS since 2013 in a variety of capacities, including general counsel uh, and uh, among other roles. 
Before that, he was a corporate lawyer in Dallas. So Rob Ramage, welcome to the mic drop. Welcome and thank you all for having me. I'm very excited. This is fun. Well, great to have you here. Rob, you've got the NTT IndyCar Series race coming up on uh, March 19th and 20th. It's uh, the Expel 375. Uh, I think this is a new place on the schedule for Texas Motor Speedway's uh, IndyCar race. Can you give us a preview of what uh, we can expect for that weekend? Yeah, the um, the racing, the IndyCar racing on at Texas Motor Speedway, it's just fabulous. You know, you can go back in time and look at the very close finishes. You know, Graham Rahal, I think it was maybe three, four years ago, won by um, eight-tenths of a second. And when he came into victory lane, he had part of the fin of the second-place car on his fin. And... So it's really, you know, it's it's very much uh, drivers in rocket ships, and it's a wonderful experience for the fans because most people don't ever really get to see an object other than maybe an airplane traveling that fast. And you think about these drivers piloting those vehicles coming through our turns on our track sometimes going upwards of 230 miles an hour. It's just really a great human experience and something that you have to kind of see in person to appreciate. TV does it no justice is my point. Uh, For this race, what I'm really thinking about and most excited about as a racing fan is Jimmy Johnson. So everybody in motorsports racing, knows of Jimmy Johnson. In the NASCAR world, he was the seven-time series champion. We've renamed parts of our track to honor him. I think if you go back and look at all the records uh, that Jimmy did in Texas, he has the most wins, the most polls, I think the most top fives. I think number one or number two on laps led, um, most top tens. I mean, he's really done wonderful things at Texas Motor Speedway over the years. He joined IndyCar last year, and IndyCar has a lot of uh, road courses and street racing and very few ovals. Uh, It's really us, St. Louis, and the Indy 500. Um, This will be Jimmy's first time to drive an IndyCar on an oval. And as a fan, I can't really, you know, it'd be Jordan Spieth playing with left-handed clubs for the first time, or it's it's something very unique. And I'm very, very excited about that. And I think for our NASCAR purist fans, you're going to want to be here and you're going to want to see Jimmy drive. I haven't received the, the, the field list to see all the drivers who are going to be in the race but if you watched they had their first race St. Pete last Sunday and uh, you saw Elio Castroneves you saw uh, Juan Pablo Montoya a lot of household names run in that race and if I were a betting man I would bet you and your listeners a dollar each that maybe those very famous drivers will be running in race wow that's uh that's exciting and i I didn't know that about the jimmy johnson so uh definitely uh 
um, a reason to get out to on March 19th and, and 20th to the Speedway. And yeah. Rob, I, you mentioned fans earlier and uh, the fan experience. And, I, you know, I've always had a fantastic time every time I, I've been out to the Speedway for a race. But obviously the, the, sp- the fan experience is important to you, even outside of the race itself. Yep. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what, what those plans are and that importance to you. Yeah, the, um, I refer to it as the fan journey or guest journey. And everything starts, so visualize. I always try and put myself in the boots of the fan. And so how am I being communicated? How often am I being communicated to? And what's that message about why you should be here? Is that on the internet? Is that socially? Is that on the radio? Is it print, TV, the reality, it's a combination of all the above. But once I make the decision, I want to come to Texas Motor Speedway. It's what's that guest journey like? And it starts from buying a ticket. And I may have a question. And how how are my questions being answered on the internet? Is Is all the information readily available? And then when I call, What's the, how long is it going to take you to answer the phone? And are you going to be informed with everything that you can answer my question? You know, the reality, um, I could call y'all with a question and it may stump you, uh, but I bet y'all would be prepared to answer my questions. And so it starts with that and then starts with the transaction. And then it starts with, um, I live in Dallas so I get in my car, and what's my what's my car ride like? Is traffic backed up? Are there wrecks? Are we working with our public partners to make sure that my car driving experience is good? And then once I arrive on property, are the messages and the signing and the communications um, common sense? Are they informative? Do I know where I need to park? Uh, I get out of my car. Am I treated with respect? Am I welcomed? Uh, Are people happy to see me? Do they appreciate my business? And then once I kind of sort of come into our fan zone, is it fun? Is it something that I'm going to want to tell my friends about? Is, Is that experience something that if I walked up to that fan, they would say, Rob, here's my credit card. And I, I want to buy tickets for your next race. Um, is it something that that fan is going to take a picture of and maybe put it on social media? Are we creating those Instagrammable moments, if you will? When I buy food and beverages, are there good offerings? Is the food hot or is it cold? Uh, is it fair priced? Is it is it good? Uh, food and beverages are a huge part of the fan journey. Um, then the racing, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like, and hopefully y'all will appreciate it, I can't control the racing, um, but I can control everything else. I can control the value. I can control the entertainment and the offerings and the fan experience. And then the race is over. Is it theater? Was it exciting? Did the person have a great time? 
And then when they get in that, their car to leave our property, is that same car ride home a good one? And are they having fun? And are they tuning in on the radio to maybe catch more information about the race that they want to hear? So that's the way I'm kind of wired. And that's my number one focus uh, since I've been promoted. So, Rob, I think it, as we continue to talk about fans, one of your goals is welcoming new fans and increasing the diversity of your fan base and, and the demographics there. Uh, we hear that kind of time and time again from some of our, our, our other sports as well. How are you looking to go about that, uh, hitting that, some new demographics there? So um, I'll preface it with this. Um, what does success look like to me? Success to me looks like we're standing down in the infield looking at our grandstands. And our grandstands look just like society. They look like the city of Dallas. They look like the city of Fort Worth. They look like Denton County. And you see all cultures of people coming together to have fun. So I've been here, you know, 175 years, it seems like. But um, in my tenure, I've devoted a lot of time to meaningfully welcome and meaningfully engage um, diverse cultures, people that don't look like me. I love my sport, and I've been a NASCAR racing fan since I was a child. And so it's me out there speaking to different groups, creating public awareness in a variety of different cultures. Um, I can't tell you what I've got up my sleeve yet, oh. but what I've got up my sleeve for the May All-Star Race, I predict, and my vision is you're going to see half of my grandstands that look just like the city of Dallas. I, I see Brother Emmett Smith just joined, uh, who I had the pleasure of spending some time with in Daytona. Um, you know, a huge iconic celebrity, but as an African-American man who's now engaged in NASCAR, that's kind of a, a welcoming mat, if you will, for African-Americans to join us and celebrate what we love and what we're passionate about. And I can, draw those same parallels, not only in the African-American communities, but uh, the Hispanic communities and the Asian communities. So hold me to it. Um, I'll come back on your show. You'll certainly see it on the internet and uh, you'll see my plan, how I'm organically, genuinely messaging and working in those communities and hold me to it. And so come to my race, come to the all-star race, come down with me in the infield. and We together will look up in the grandstands and we will see a grandstands, not with just people that look like me, but it'll look more like our city. And that's my goal. Yeah, that, that's great, Robin. And with, with people like Emmett and Pitbull and, and Michael Jordan and Brad Doherty involved in ownership in NASCAR, hopefully... Yep. Uh, that will help, you know, fuel. We've got Alvin Kamara. Uh, I know Evan uh, Emmett is a, a, a fan of uh, running backs. We've got Alvin Kamara, the Saints, as a NASCAR ambassador. So things really do seem to be moving in the right direction in, in that important uh, work. 
And, and sticking with NASCAR, your, your dates this year at Texas Motor Speedway are May 22nd for the All-Star Race. That's a night race. That, that's going to be uh, pretty cool. And September 25th for the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500, which is the round of 12 playoff race. So two exciting NASCAR dates. NASCAR red hot right now. It seems, seems to be uh, heading in the right direction, uh, upward trajectory. What are they doing right in uh, Daytona and Charlotte? Uh, with NASCAR? The um, guest experience is a big topic. And as Mr. Smith will tell you, the next gen car is really making a tremendous amount of changes. So when NASCAR worked on the next gen car, one of the things was to create parity. And so Emmett Smith, uh, best running back to ever play in the NFL. And then there's Rob Ramage, another NFL running back. What they did was they said, uh, okay, boy, brother Emmett, he's got God-given talent and a hard worker and so forth, but he's got better cleats than Rob does. And he's got better shoulder pads and better equipment and better training and different things. So they took kind of that same concept and said, Rob, we're going to give you the same cleats that brother Emmett wears. Good luck with that. But um, maybe that will make you a better running back. In a mechanical engineering world, they are giving the teams pretty much the same kind of car. And they created it to where other teams, maybe with deeper pockets, won't be as advantageous as they have been in the past. And if you look at the first three races that have run, you know, you saw Austin Cindric um, run up at the front of the field for an extended period of time. Some would argue, but for a, an accident, he probably would have, he may have won the race. I don't know. And then you saw Daniel Suarez with a top five finish. You didn't really see those kind of outcomes. Yeah, Kyle Larson won our last race, but you look at all those laps led and you look at where those uh, finishers were in second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. And it really has created that parity. It's made the um, competition a lot closer too. So I think the next in car is just fabulous. Uh, it's, it's wonderful and it's gonna be much, much better. You're gonna see different people win races who have not won races before. So I think that's exciting. I think, um, you know, I say this all the time to the people I work with and it probably drives them nuts, but I always talk about my vision. I believe that uh, in any business, no matter what you do, you have to have core values. You have to have principles that we all stand by and you, you have to have a vision that we all agree upon. And then you have to have business plans to accomplish your vision, and then you have to have discipline. Each person has to be very disciplined to be successful so that we as a team, as a whole, are successful. My vision, and something I've always thought about, and you talked about new, new fans, uh, new guests, new event attendees, and you'll see this for me. It'll all come out in a week or two weeks. My vision is to create a festival surrounded by a NASCAR race, such that everyone in the Metroplex, you think about our Metroplex, 
we have 8.9 million people within 45 miles of this racetrack. I want everyone to know what we're doing, when our race is, and to create a festival environment for everyone, entertainment-wise, uh, gastronomically, uh, value-wise, uh, so that it's affordable, approachable, amenable, and excitable for everyone. Um, you'll see it. You'll see the talent that I'm bringing in, the festival environment, and you're gonna see something uh, and you're gonna wanna call me back and you will see how I've created that bridge to reach out to other communities where I'm opening up my house and I'm saying, I want you to come to my house and I want you to have fun with me and I wanna share with you what I love the most and that's motorsports racing. It's, it, we're gonna crush it. Um, May is going to be huge for TMS, and my vision uh, is that we have people here in our grandstands, as I look at them now, like we haven't had in years. So I'm excited. Well, and I know there's a lot more that goes on at TMS besides your three IndyCar and NASCAR weekends. Give us a sense of how busy the facility yeah. is. Yeah. So prior to the pandemic, I would say TMS would host, say, 750-ish uh, events per annum. And then since the pandemic, uh, you know, a lot, of diff lot of things have changed. A lot of companies have changed and public events have changed and corporate budgets. And there's some household name companies that used to do events that still have travel restrictions for their people. Um, right now, I would say this year we will host uh, close to 300, 350 events. They're everything from Emmett Smith Incorporated wants to come out and have a banquet and have people in race cars and do kind of corporate kind of things to gun shows, to car shows, to concerts. If you followed our schedule for the first time in TMS, kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier about reaching out to other cultures, welcoming them. You saw for the first time in the fall of TMS that we hosted Hispanic events and uh, they were Hispanic concerts and Hispanic car shows. And so that's all kind of part of that vision that if, if you're gonna welcome other cultures and you want them to be part of what you do, you have to do what they want. Um, and it's no different than if I want a bunch of cowboys and cowgirls to come to my property, then I probably need to have a horse show or a rodeo, right? And so that's the way simplistically that I think. So you're going to see some of these events and some of them I'm working on are very unique to TMS and they're very centric to um, a certain part of our American population. So I'm excited. So Rob, before we let you go, I have one quick question for you, a personal question. Uh, I see on the back, I think I see uh, maybe a, a deer, a shotgun, that sort of thing. Talk about, I think you have a love of hunting, maybe? You know, I 
I do. And I, um, I love guns. And I know that sounds whack in today's culture, but I am who I am. What you're missing from the background is I had a beautiful American flag and I just took it down and had it reframed. So I am just reminded I need to put that back up because I'm looking at it right here. But yeah, I love hunting. Um, it's very Texas. I love being outdoors. Uh, I do a lot of good when I'm hunting. I take a lot of wounded veterans, um, take a lot of children of deceased veterans, teach them how to hunt, how to shoot. Um, you know, so it's fun. I'm passionate about it. You should see the other side of my office that you can't see. It's pretty cool. So, well, what's all up there? Or, or maybe Sully and I are going to have to come over next time uh, you're on the mic drop. Too. And we're going to do the mic drop dire directly in your office. How about that? I would, I would love it. So on the other side are uh, a bunch of beautiful ducks, um, a lot more guns on the wall uh, that are meaningful and cool. Uh, we all know what challenge coins are, and so mm -hmm. I have a collection of challenge coins from really uh, America's heroes and just really great people that I've been gifted. Um, I have a big giant pig, uh, a big giant deer, and then something that's meaningful to me um, is a bill that Governor Abbott signed for me. And so each year in the legislative session, this is cocktail trivia for you. Um, in the legislative session, you know, our legislatures only meet in odd years, and you can draw your own conclusion there. Uh, but there'll be, say, 12,000 bills filed, and maybe easy number six, 200 of them will become law. And then our governor may sign 10, may sign 20. And I have a bill that I have framed with his signature and his pen. And it's a bill that I did last session to create kind of a public-private partnership that became law, and he signed it and sent it to me. And in my world, to give an analogy, that would be like a Super Bowl trophy for Emmett Smith or a MVP ring or a, a college national championship, you know, ring or trophy or something. It's a big time. And then Emmett will appreciate this, but when I got my uh, promotion, the king of Dallas, the 9,000 pound gorilla of our state, the one and only Mr. Jerry Jones. I have an autographed helmet from him that says uh, all the best. And he signed it. And that means a lot to me. Um, thought that was pretty cool. Well, Rob, we uh, wish you all the best out at Texas Motor Speedway in your upcoming races. Uh, we'll definitely circle back later in the year. Thank you for joining us uh, on the mic drop. Well, I, I can't thank you all, and I'm sorry if I rambled. It's just, it is who I am, but um, God bless you all, and come out to the racetrack. Thank you all. All right, and now uh, over to Rachel for a word from one of our sponsors. Did you know the Dallas Zoo provides guests with real-life opportunities to make memorable connections with more than 2,000 animals? Please support the zoo's mission to inspire and empower action on behalf of the wildlife in Texas and around the world. Visit DallasZoo.com to purchase your tickets today. Thanks, Rachel. And now, what a thrill to welcome to the mic drop Emmett Smith, of course, the all-time leading NFL rusher, Pro Football Hall of Famer. We know his success on the football field. 
you may be aware of his success in business and real estate and construction and technology. Of course, you know, he won Dancing with the Stars in 2006. And Cheryl Burke hasn't won since she partnered with, with Emmett. So there's that. But you may not be aware that, that Emmett is involved in the ownership of the NASCAR Xfinity Series number 34 car team driven by Jesse Iwuji. We're going to talk about Jesse in a minute. Uh, but Emmett, welcome to the mic drop. We really appreciate the time today. Thank you. How you doing, Kevin? <clears throat> doing all right. It's good to see you again. It's been a, been a few years. Uh, before we get to NASCAR, let's talk Cowboys for a second. Your, your rushing record is safe. I checked this out as part of my, uh, my exhaustive research for today. And of the top 50 uh, rushing totals in NFL history, there's only one active player, and that's Adrian Peterson at number five. He's a long way behind you, and he's about to shut it down, it would seem. Uh, assess the state of the way the running back is used in today's game and just, you know, how you feel about the style of play today as the running back is playing a little bit of a different role from your time. Well, I think the running back play has evolved to a running back by committee. It's no fault of the running back itself. It's, the, it's just the way the system is evolving to utilize guys that are more hybrid type of players, if you will, from a tight end perspective to a running back perspective or the fullback is being removed and you got a hybrid tight end that can do a little bit of things just to create more opportunity to throw the football. I think Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf uh, kind of brought some of this along as well. Uh, it actually transcended probably prior to that back to Warren Moon and the evolution of the run and shoot. And so the running back position, um, as people want to term it, devalued. It's not devalued. It's just been underutilized uh, from the context of what the NFL is more valuing. And when I look at it from a 50,000-foot view, I see the NFL is more about putting more points on the board just to entertain its, its, its viewers uh, versus uh, um, uh, a running game may slow the game down, may make the score a little bit more in line 2017 or something like that, which could end up being boring for some people, but exciting uh, for teams that win. Uh, so it, it's just a difference and a change in philosophy versus the, the skill set of the running back. Because I believe the skill set of the running back is steady evolving. Uh, you have a guy like Alvin Kamara who's coming out of the backfield and that can run pass routes like a wide receiver. And uh, you see Christian McCaffrey doing the same thing. So um, I think the running backs are steady evolving and steady adapting. That's what's so great about our position. We adapt fairly quickly, fairly easy and on the fly, uh, which is a, a tribute to his, his, his skill set. Another big offseason, you know, with the NFL draft coming up and free agency, another big offseason for the Cowboys. Last season, they upgraded the defense. What, what, what should they focus on this offseason uh, to, to – uh, you know, make, take that playoff step next year that uh, the fans are so eagerly awaiting? Well, if the team stayed together, which we know that's going to be a challenge with the salary cap, if the team was able to stay together somehow, some way, shape, or form, I think from a draft standpoint, uh, we probably need to get some more support on the interior side of our, our offense as well as our defense. We need to stop the run a little bit better. Um, we definitely need to have more um, solid protection for Dak. 
and be able to run the ball a little bit more effectively with Zeke and Tony Pollard. Uh, outside of that, I think our skill positions are solid. We can go to battle with any of our skill players that we currently have. Um, so from that standpoint, I don't think that the Cowboys are too far off. But here's my challenge with the Cowboys. It's not about talent. Because I think we have some of the best talent in the National Football League. There's no doubt. And we've had that on our, on our squad. I think it's, the, it's, it's just the approach and the mentality that players and coaches probably need to take. I mean, I know coaches are out there to coach. But I think when you start trying to jail together, making decisions and, and not making mistakes and minimizing our mistake issues, that's plagued us. Mistakes have killed us, whether it's jumping off sides at the wrong time or jumping off sides too often or false start penalties that setting us back or even turning the ball over against dumb penalties, et cetera, et cetera. Just things that, that are in our control, things that we can control. Because uh, if you can control those things and have the discipline and the focus and the commitment to excellence, and that's eliminating all those other things. Um, and staying focused is, is extremely important, uh, especially when you want to run uh, to the Super Bowl and get beyond just making it to the playoff. I think, I think we just need to re refocus in terms of what, what truly is our mission as a team and as an organization and as a coaching staff. What is our mission? What are we trying to truly get accomplished? And, and be committed to excellence because that's the only way you start to eliminate those things because it plays in your mind. I got to eliminate this myself. If I'm a player that's played with having a lot of penalties, I need to do everything in my power to eliminate those things so I don't hurt our ball club, or hurt our defensive unit, or hurt our offensive unit, hurt our special teams unit. And if I'm a coach, I got to make key decisions based off of game-type situations. How well are we playing defensively? Can I punt right here? Or should I just kick the field goal right here and keep the momentum going? Get points on the board so our team can. It's, it's, it's a psychological game that needs to be it's sporadic right now. It needs to calm down a little bit. It, I mean, we're kind of schizophrenic in that way. And so for me, that's what I look for in some of the great teams that I've seen. That's what I've seen in the, in the teams like New England. They don't panic. They play to their strengths. And they don't make a whole lot of mistakes. When I see that, I saw that in, in Tom Brady and, and the uh, Buccaneers, uh, at, period. I mean, last year they got hurt with injuries, put it that way. Uh, but for the most part, they stay consistent and solid throughout the whole entire year. Let's talk about your ownership of the number 34 car in the Xfinity series in NASCAR, driven by local product Jesse Iwuji. How did that come about well it, it came about some years ago um matt costo uh who, who's jesse's manager as well and, and also partnership in the ownership club that we have um introduced jesse to uh one of my uh partners on on the notable live side of the equation the technology play that we have and and mike and 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 i decided to sponsor the car in the Texas Motor Speed Race that was coming up about a year and a half ago, two years ago now. And, and that's how I first met Jesse. I met, I knew Matt for over 20 some years, but I did not know Matt was doing something like this. And so Matt thought it, it would be interesting for me to meet Jesse as well as Mike thought it would be interesting for 
us to actually sponsor a race with Jesse. And that's how the relationship began. And I got a chance to know a young man that had passion, that had a vision for what he wanted to accomplish. And not only accomplish on the track, but also off the track. And uh, I got a chance to understand his background from a military standpoint, his family, where he's from and all those kind of things. And I saw a young man that was driven and very passionate about what he wanted to accomplish, very focused. And with the military background that he had, I knew he had a discipline. I knew that. Uh, and so hearing his vision or seeing his vision and hearing it, uh, I felt like it, it gave me an opportunity to uh, be a part of it in a small way. Well, Jesse decided to start his own motorsports team in NASCAR and asked me to be a part of it. And, and quite naturally, being from Carrollton uh, and understanding the, the challenges and NASCAR moving to this place of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, I thought it was the right time for me to join forces with a young man like him and bring in whatever business acronym I have. Lending the relationships that I actually have to help support them. And here we are. We find ourselves right now in NASCAR in the, in the Xfinity series and, and trying to create an opportunity for Jesse to chase after his dreams and all of that, but bring other um, diverse fans to, to NASCAR and open up NASCAR in a way and help promote NASCAR in a way that I don't think has been promoted in many years. Okay, Emmett, uh, you mentioned Jesse from Carrollton. Um, his uh, play in the football at the Naval Academy serves in the Navy Reserves. Uh, you talked about his discipline, his focus. Uh, definitely an impressive person, I can tell, just by uh, hearing you talk about him. Does he remind you of you? He does. He does. To be honest with you, yes. I think that's one of the reasons why, that's another reason why I decided to be involved as well, because, I mean, the kid modeled somewhat of his football career after mine and wore the same number uh, from high school all the way up to, to college, uh, or to the Naval Academy. And, but as a young man, that, that transition from the military and, and football life into uh, what I call civilian life. Um, and to be in NASCAR, I understand the challenges that he faced being a minority owner, as well as being uh, a part of diversity, equity, and inclusion component uh, and challenges that we all face, even in the business world. And so, yes, we're, we're in the same boat and there's no reason why he should fight this fight by himself. I could bring some level of experience that I have had over the last 20 years in, in the real estate space, as well as in the business world to him and help him navigate through this, uh, as well as create opportunities for him and our team. Uh, so yes, he reminds me a lot of myself uh, in, in that regard. Well, that sounds like a great partnership. You know, Emmett, I was going to ask you about uh, we know about your real estate and your business world and uh, this NASCAR uh, ownership now, what your learning curve has been getting up to speed in, in NASCAR and what that's all about. But I really want to know why car number 34 is not 22. Well, first of all, these numbers are NASCAR been around for a long time and a lot of people own these numbers. And so um, 22 
is owned by Penske. <laughs> and um, which would have been a natural fit for us because obviously I represent 22, but Joey Logano drives 22 on the Cup Series and, and Penske owns it on the Xfinity Series. So they weren't willing to release that number so quickly. So, so we had to uh, make an adjustment and luckily for us, 34 came over. Well, you ask why 34? Well, 34 could be for a number of different reasons. Number one, for me, the first person I thought about was 34 was Walter Payton and one of my childhood heroes. And then when we start looking at, through the history of NASCAR itself, um, 34 actually chose us. Just like 22 chose me. And so Wendell Scott happened to be one of the legendary drivers African, one of the first African-American drivers in NASCAR to, to ride and do things at that level. And so uh, for us, it became more purposeful to be connected to a number like that. And so we, we were humbled by the simple fact, first of all, we can't get 22. Okay, what's the best, what's, what's next? And boom, 34 fell on our lap. And so we embraced it. Um, it, it, it's part of history and we're trying to make history and extend that history right now. So like anything else in life, nine times out of 10, somebody's standing on the shoulders of somebody that made history at some point in time. And so for us, we're just extending that history, trying to bring respect to that number and trying to win as many races as we possibly can ourselves. Well, Emmett, we'll be cheering you on uh, car number 34 out there. Even though it's not 22, we can cheer on 34 and uh, for, for you and Jesse. Um, you know, you were recently quoted as saying DFW is the center of the universe. Uh, we wholeheartedly agree here uh, from a sports commission <laughs> standpoint. Uh, but give us an idea of what exactly did you mean by that? Well, when you think about Texas itself, as large as Texas really is, and the impact that Texas can have on the overall economy. And then you start thinking about it from a global perspective. DFW, DFW Airport, international airport, you can get almost anywhere in the continental United States direct flights, almost anywhere. Between Dallas and Love Field, you can get almost anywhere in the continental United States. And you can also go outside of the United States internationally on direct flights too from DFW. So access to Texas, access to the United States of America, all can happen right here from Dallas-Fort Worth. And that's what I love. That's what I love. So people ask me all the time, why did you stay in Dallas? Well, first and foremost, I grew up as a young man here in Dallas and became a grown man here in Dallas. The relationships that I've established over the last 25, 30, 40 years have been right here in Dallas, Texas. And Having access to an international airport and travel, uh, be able to go around the globe from Dallas, Fort Worth, is, is pretty awesome. And so that's why I call it the center of the universe. The opportunities here, the impact of uh, major corporations moving their headquarters here uh, creates opportunities uh, for diversity, equity, and inclusion right here for corporations and infrastructure right here in the state of Texas. So from a business climate standpoint, Texas has everything to offer. From a tax standpoint, Texas has a lot to offer. Uh, from a cost of living standpoint, Texas has a lot to offer. Um, 
Infrastructure-wise, it has a lot to offer, and we have a long way to go and a lot to learn as well and to prepare for. And so if Texas has the ability to think um, globally, which it does, um, we can be an impact on the entire globe just from right here in Texas. Emmett, before we let you go, you're also competing in the new Club Corp Classic. Uh, coming up April 19th through 24th in Las Colinas. This is a PGA Tour Champions event that includes a celebrity competition with many big names, Aaron Rodgers, Demarcus Ware, Tim Brown, lots of friends of yours, Tony Romo, celebrity actors like Anthony Anderson and Brian Baumgartner, who, of course, played Kevin on The Office, many, many more, Pudge Rodriguez, uh, Mike Madano. We know how competitive you are. How... how uh, how, how will you get ready? I mean, I know your game is, what kind of shape is your game in and how competitive uh, will you be? And how, how do you approach this from a competition standpoint? Well, first and foremost, um, how I get ready. You got to get out of practice. I have not been out to practice. I've been working and, and I'm going to compete uh, just by being in, in the environment, period. Now, will I score well? I doubt it. Would I win it? I doubt it. I'm not going in it to win it. I'm going in to have fun. Um, try to not to hurt myself or try not to hit too many bad shots. Because what I do, it, golf is not my main focus. I'm keeping the main thing the main thing. My NASCAR team, my real estate ventures, my construction companies, my, my, my technology companies. I'm keeping the main thing the main thing. To me, Golf is an outlet for me to go out and just enjoy being outdoors, being around people that I like to be around and have a good time. I'm not going out there expecting to shoot at 72. I'm not working on my golf game like Tony Romo, maybe working on his or Mike Madonna working on his. They play almost every day, if not three or four times a week. I don't have that kind of time to do that. And so I recognize where I'm at. And so Long as I'm not dead last, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good enough not to be dead last, and that part I am almost certain I would not be dead last. <laughs> well, we we appreciate the example that you set and all the good things you do for so many people in Dallas Fort Worth through your philanthropic endeavors, and and really appreciate you making some time for us uh, to come on the mic drop. Good luck this weekend uh, with the 34 car in the Xfinity Series race in Las Vegas. And uh, hope to have you back on again. But thanks, thanks a lot. Great to be with you, Emmett. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a blessed one. Thanks, thanks to Emmett Smith. And now back to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. The Perot Museum of Nature and Science plays a vital role in preparing the most talented and diverse STEM workforce of tomorrow right here in Dallas. Become a member today and enjoy free admission and other valuable benefits to support this nonprofit landmark. Visit perotmuseum.org for more information. Thanks, Rachel. And now it is our pleasure to welcome to the mic drop Ben Swanger, assistant editor of DCEO Magazine, where he covers sports business, among other things. He is the keeper of D Magazine's prestigious Dallas 500 list. So, Ben, uh, please consider this my informal nomination of Monica Paul for the next, uh, the 2022 list. Uh, I think she deserves a spot. Uh, ben played baseball at Washita Baptist and Arkansas Go Tigers. Of course, that's the home of Pro Football Hall of Famer Cliff Harris, which makes Ben the second most famous athlete 
to come out of Washington, Washington State. Welcome to the mic drop, Ben. Thank you for having me, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be with you. So we, we just talked to Emmett about the, uh, the Club Corp Classic. Uh, what, what will that, you know, here's another new kind of big time nationally televised event coming to our area. What, what will that event mean to, uh, to Dallas-Fort Worth? Yeah, the Club Corp Classic is going to be an absolute blast here in Dallas. Um, we're expecting about 20,000 fans to come through the gates uh, to enjoy the weekend. Uh, according to David Pillsbury, the CEO of Club Corp, he, he's expecting a $15 million economic impact um, on the area. And I think that, that you know, that's going to be a great infusion. I mean, with COVID subsiding and all the live events coming back to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we definitely need it, and it's going to be an absolute blast. And I can't wait to see Emmett and all those all those celebrities compete. You know, in your role at, at as assistant editor at D Magazine, you interview a lot of sports leaders in North Texas, including some of the ex-athletes who either stay in the area or or set up shop in the area which uh, Jerry Rice has recently done with his goat fuel business, setting up shop in Plano. Give us a sense of the sort of the state of affairs and sports business in, in North Texas right now, both with, you know, the established brands that are here, but also sort of the newcomers. Yeah. Emmett touched on it. I mean, the Dallas sports business market is robust and it's growing. I mean, we have so many different companies coming and moving into town, uh, one of the best kept secrets in, in Dallas, in, in Dallas sports business, is a company called Big Game USA. And they make over 90% of college footballs. I mean, they're, they're a, a company that, that started about you know, 15 years ago, and they've grown to dominate the market in Division I college athletics. And they're, they're, they might be coming for the, for the NFL contract soon enough. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But the, the Dallas sports business arena is it's growing. I mean, there are so many companies like Topgolf, uh, Envy Gaming and Esports, uh, Arctis Sports Partners. They're a private equity company that holds uh, stakes in the Golden State Warriors and Real Salt Lake. I mean, the Dallas sports business culture is amazing. Like you said, Jerry Rice brought his goat fuel to Plano. I mean, I can't can't speak, you know, high enough words about the way the Dallas market has grown and has welcomed in all of these businesses with open arms to, to continue to improve, you know, the economic environment in Dallas. So Ben, uh, obviously the, uh, a big surge, uh, at least from my standpoint, from a sports commission standpoint, uh, uh esports in, in Dallas, you mentioned, uh, envy, uh, obviously there's a lot more going on than, than, than just that here. Talk about the boom here in the Dallas area in terms of esports. Yeah, esports is one of those things that I was not expecting several years ago to take a boom here in Dallas. Um, but it's something that has popped up on the radar here very rapidly. Envy Gaming is one of those companies that has just, I mean, gone out and, you know, manufactured all kinds of partnerships, acquisitions, deals. They've got the Arlington Sports Stadium. We've got the esports awards um, in Arlington and I mean, esports is growing. Jerry Jones is getting involved. Mark Cuban is getting involved. Uh, all kinds of teams. Uh, the economic impact of we have a tournament this weekend here at the Arlington Esports Stadium. Uh, they're expecting thousands of fans there. That's going to be a big infusion into hotels, into restaurants. 
Um, and so esports is booming. And just like I think that Dallas is a is a sports hub, uh, of course, globally, esports is also going to uh, to play into that as well moving forward. Ben's talking my language, Sully. He said we are a, a big sports hub globally. I couldn't say it any better than that. Ben, that's going right on Monica's uh, website at uh, Dallas Sports Commission. You know, no, no question about it. So, Ben, this is the portion of uh, the mic drop where we ask our media guests to recommend uh, a download. What are you streaming? Could be music, podcast, book, TV, movie. What do you got for us? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll say I'm listening to the uh, the Move the Sticks podcast. I'm a big NFL draft draft buff. Uh, with the NFL Combine this week, uh, I think that you know Move the Sticks by Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks is gonna is gonna give listeners an inside look at the nfl combine the nfl draft uh and so whether you're a fan or an analyst i mean those those two guys know exactly what they're doing and they're gonna they're gonna download some information in your mind that's for sure get you ready for the draft all right move the sticks monica what are you uh, up to this week oh sally i haven't done much downloading reading that sort of thing it's been a lot of I work in bids, but I did finish up uh, the last episode of 1883. And boy, for those of you who are 1883 fans and haven't seen it, you better get the box of Kleenex uh, out with you. Uh, you're going to need it. Uh, I think we knew that how it was going to end, but how how uh, how, how they did right, no it. No spoilers there. here, Monica. I've yeah. got two or three episodes. Oh my left, gosh! I, I, get your Kleenex. I'll send. Yeah. I'll ship them We're, over to you, Sully. But. I am excited for it has been renewed for season two. And I think I've heard some stuff about how they're going to progress into um, later years and uh, really share the entire Dutton story. So a little sad that it's over. We're going to see the Dutton. Yeah. We're going to see the Dutton family through the uh, decades. I think Uh, Ben, I was reluctant on 1883. Monica and I are both big Yellowstone fans. She talked me into it and I, I have, I have, uh, it, I have enjoyed it. You know, my, my download this week, and I'm continuing with the, all the many, many shows uh, that I've already gotten the works, but I watched the first episode of Super Pumped, The Fight for Uber on Showtime, which is from the creators of Billions, probably my favorite show of recent years, uh, Brian Koppelman and David uh, Levine. Uh, so check out Super Pumped starring uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, of course, Kyle Chandler, a mic drop uh, favorite. And I have to say, Lent is underway, and I also, this morning, downloaded the the uh, hello app which is a prayer and meditation guide for lent and i've never been known as somebody with the patience uh to uh to meditate so i'm going to give this a go as something i'm going to try to do maybe to slow down the rpms just a little bit uh over the next uh uh coming weeks i don't know monica you're not somebody who slows down a whole lot either no uh not not too much to slow down. I can't slow down right now uh, for this next. You can't slow down when WrestleMania so. is right around. No, uh, with corner. WWE right here in town and uh, it right around the corner, there's not going to be any slowing down. We may be speeding up for a little bit. We'll slow down in June, July, maybe. Yeah, and Ben, you know, we, we talk all the time about the big events like WrestleMania and the Club Corp Classic that are coming. Of course, WrestleMania is kind of in a category of its own. We also talk about the companies that are based here that people don't know, like Panini is a great example, number one card company in the world based based right here. Uh, Give us one more before we before we wrap up uh, uh, a sports enterprise that's going on right here in Dallas, Fort Worth, that people may not be aware of. 
Yeah. So one company that immediately comes to mind is Monarch. They are a sports technology company. Uh, they actually work in the same building as D Magazine, uh, but they are engineering the jugs machine in football. Uh, they are taking that and turning it into a robot quarterback is what they call it. And they have clients like George Kittle. Uh, you know, he's obviously taken it to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, they have big time names that use their uh, technology. SMU right here in Dallas uses it. And so their company that is innovating the, the jugs machine that really hasn't been uh, changed for, you know, several decades. And so they're using, you know, modern technology to bring the jugs machine up to to par to what modern technology is. And so Monarch robot quarterback is is someone to keep an eye on. All right. So for our listeners, follow follow Ben, Ben Swanger with D Magazine for these sports business updates, updates and great uh, insider tips. Thanks for your time today. And I uh, really enjoyed talking with you, Ben. On behalf of Monica Paul and the Dallas Sports Commission, thanks to our guests, Rob Ramage, Emmett Smith, and of course, Ben Swanger. Thanks to the Mic Drop production team, Danielle Whitelaw-Piscura, Angela Lang, Marcus Carr, and Reeves Eddins, along with our showrunner, Tony Fay, all of Tony Fay PR. Thanks to Mark and Jay at Vocal Media. Until next time, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>